Hello everyone, welcome to a new episode of Phantom of One with me, Martin Leon. Hope you're doing well. Uh, I'm trying to uh, be more consistent with my podcasts. Uh, so I think I did not spend that much time between recording this one and actually releasing it. So yay for me. Um, so, uh, just as a reminder, you can follow me on the socials at MintOnRL on Twitter and Instagram. I'm also on Facebook as Martin Leon Standup. And I think that, yeah, like, if you want to listen to my Spanish podcast, Este Podcast Salvar al Mundo, there should be a new episode of that one coming soon, coming out soon, and there's also Fantastic. Uh, my co-host right now is in Monterrey, and she had to deal with a hurricane, um, so we didn't record last week. But I hope the phone didn't, probably did pick up that. Anyhow, got a friend request for some reason. I'm getting a lot of friend requests, and I hate getting friend requests on Facebook from people that I don't know. Or that know someone that I know. I wish there was an option on Facebook that I could ask them, why do you want to be my friend? Like, seriously, why are you here? Anywho, um, remember how I told you I wanted to use a podcast to, like, talk about the things I've been watching? Like, you know, talk about media and stuff? Uh, well, I haven't been watching much, to be honest. I haven't been in a series-watching mood for a while now. Like, I will watch a lot of YouTube uh, videos and stuff. Uh, Jimquisition, one of my faves. And I've been watching a lot of Markiplier, who's been getting to, back to Minecraft. Um, that has been, that's been fun to watch. I guess it helps me just fall asleep. And I feel bad falling asleep to, like, a... Final Space or something, because I have been watching some Final Space episodes and some BNA, uh, which is an anime on Netflix, BNA, uh, and by some I mean one episode of BNA and like four of Final Space, which are funny, and I want to watch more, but I have, uh, I don't know, again, I'm not in a in a serious watching mood. What even is a serious watching mood? I don't know. I guess I'm waiting until I can watch them with someone by my side. I don't want to be alone. I've also been watching Nadia's Time to Eat. If you don't know Nadia, she's a British cook, chef, book, uh, cookbook author. Uh, she was in the Great British Baking Show, and she has this Netflix show called Nadia's Time to Eat which is all about uh, easy cooking and kind of having hacks for making tasty recipes. And I saw this one, which was a beet uh, pasta sauce. And I'm like, I can try it. I can try it. The recipe in the show asked for a blender to blend the beets along with some garlic and olive oil. And I was like, I can do it. I can do it. I don't have a blender. But I have a food processor. That's kind of the same, isn't it? And it's not kind of the same. It doesn't didn't work at all. It did, it doesn't have the same texture as the one show at all. It doesn't taste bad. I like beets. If you like beets, it tastes like beets. It's good. I might have gone a little bit heavy on the garlic, but I live alone. So, who's going to complain? No one. My cat. Anywho, so yeah, that happened. But it was good. I mean, it's good. I just, I made it, like, literally a few hours ago. 
And what else? I also made a mango coconut bread at 1 a.m. in the morning, which turned out to be really good. And I've and also ordered, if you're in Mexico, Mexico City, I have a friend who has a Instagram page called The Bookery. And it's about making treats based on books. And now he's been selling some stuff, some big goods, because he's moving and he needs some money. So if you want to try some chai rolls, which are really good, I recommend him. He also, also bought uh, some blueberry pies, which were really good, and some bread pudding, also really good. Highly recommend. Um, I've also been doing shows with friends uh, in Spanish. Uh, I hope you can't hear the child crying from far away. But if you can, there's a child crying from far away in my apartment building. And I'm sorry you can hear him. Um, but hey, if you want me to improve my recording conditions, you can always subscribe to my Patreon which is at Mint on RL too. It's patreon.com slash Mint on RL. I, I, I got a microphone as a gift. I just need a console to plug it into. Um, and if you hear that, that's my brother texting me. Anywho, uh, but you can subscribe on Patreon. Uh, or you can help me at Coffee. Coffee is the same Mint on RL. You can see all of my links at my website, martinleonstandup.com. Uh, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, I have some stand-up comedy shows in Spanish. One of them this Friday. Uh, we're finally doing them live. The It's on the Facebook page, Ten Comedia. Uh, it's going to be at 8 p.m. on Friday. So if you want to watch that show, uh, we, we're trying to, like, bring up some new stuff every Friday. So, yay. Hopefully you can be there. Um, anything? I think it's not it. Yeah, I think that's all I had to say for this intro. Um, I hope you enjoy this interview I have with Lacey McLaughlin. She, I met her through stand-up comedy, and she's really good. Uh, she's, um, she's one of these people that, you know, she'll tell you, like, I'm gonna do this, and you're like, okay, and then, like, two seconds later, she's doing it, which I find really, which I admire a lot, because I will say I do, I'll do something, and, like, three months later, I'll start planning on doing the thing, so... Um, hopefully you will find her as inspiring as I do because uh, she's now been she's, she she now started to write a book and her Instagram stories are all about writing, 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 writing I don't know, I find that to be like super again, admirable because like I don't know, I just I don't, <laughs> I don't tell people that I'm writing I'm just like, what are you doing? nothing but I try to write. Try being the keyword in that statement. Uh, but she's really cool. Uh, we talked about uh, about how she got to stand up, how she ended up in Mexico, and more about what she's doing with her life now that she's uh, quarantining in Playa del Carmen. So, hope you enjoy it. Uh, do give her a follow on the socials. I will give you those. I swear to God, I swear to God, I don't get messages the whole day, like it's Sunday, I've my phone's been silent for most of the day, I start recording this, this, in and in eight minutes, I get three messages, like, what's up, anywho, here's Lacey, I will see you on the flip side.
my podcast. I'd like to start by uh, asking you to introduce yourself to my, I think now there are seven listeners. <laughs> oh, okay. My name's Lacey McLaughlin. I'm a writer, technically a copywriter. And right now I'm based in Playa del Carmen, but I'm from, I'm from Florida in the U.S., Okay. Yeah, I did, wanna, I, did, I did want you to tell that story, how you ended up uh, in Playa del Carmen. I had to evacuate for the pandemic. And I wanted to, well, I, my, le- like, my lease was ending on March 31st. And I had planned to do three months of traveling. I was supposed to go to a wedding in France. And I had like a wedding in Boston and was going to go see family. And I thought, you know what? I'm just going to travel. And um, clearly, right before my lease was ending, I realized that was not going to work and I needed to find somewhere else. And it was like, I just thought, you know, I don't really want to be in a city with a lot of like air pollution with millions of people. And I kind of envisioned like, I'm just going to escape to the beach. I'm going to walk on the beach every day. Like, I'm going to, I'm going to like beat the system. Like, I'm going to, you know, go somewhere I can really enjoy. But the truth of it is the beach um, hasn't been open since March. Yeah, it means people are like sneaking on here and there and some places are more lax than others. And there are ways, but it just, it hasn't really been. I think basically in quarantine, everywhere is the same. Like nobody really won that. I I mean, I think you did do a, a smart move in going to a place with like less people and you know, less air pollution, less sound pollution. Yeah. Uh, so I think on, on that, on that front, you, you did good. <laughs> you know, my, my building, there's like a pool on the roof. So that's, that's made up for a lot of. And the other thing, um, cause I, I met you through standup, standup comedy. Yeah. Uh, you arrived and you almost kind of immediately started, you know, being awesome at stand-up. Uh, so h- how did how did you end up like uh, how did you end up like finding in a, the inappropriate laughter and the whole thing? Well, it was one of the first things I came to in Mexico City. Um, I was strangely like cast as an extra in a Burger King commercial when I like the first week I got to Mexico City like some guy came up in a coffee shop and was like we need like gringas you want to be in a Burger King commercial and I was like and he was like we'll pay you he's like it pays a hundred bucks and we'll like send you an Uber and I was really like broke at the time and I was like sure I'll do whatever you want for a hundred bucks like you want a lap dance like I'll do it so I got there it was not four hours he said it would be like four hours and I was just you know like no it was it was I think it was like 14 hours and um but it was cool and I met someone who was in this stand-up thing he invited me and I don't know that night like I actually met so many cool people I was you know, pretty new to Mexico City. And, um, and I just met, like, it was like a cool group of people. And I think I plugged in, but it wasn't until January. So that was like last July. So it wasn't until January till I actually like got the guts to try it. Because you were like very methodical, I feel you wanted to you wanted to like, prepare for success. 
I hadn't really thought of like getting up on my own, to be honest, but, um, you know, I think I heard that like Michael was looking for people and I'd mentioned like, it always been in the back of my mind, like something that would be cool to try. I mean, I love like female comedians. I think they're the shit. So, you know, I thought, you know, why not just try it? Because really comedy like is just writing if you can perform your writing pretty well. And I've always tried to be like kind of humorous in my writing, but I've never really performed it. Um, but it was a very like cool experience. I think everybody should try it once. And how did you find that difference? Because like, I, because you, you, you do, you do write like in a, with a humorous, uh, with, with humor, but how do you find like writing the humor versus performing the humor? Um, I, you know, I think it taught me a lot about brevity because even in my writing, I could get a little like long winded and I mean, you're supposed to like, you know, kill your darlings and I've always tried to write, you know, like tighten it up. But I mean, in comedy, it's really like boom, boom, boom. Like there's a cadence to the way you deliver. And so I started listening to like, I mean, you know, I was listening to like every podcast. I was like, I had comedy on in like a loop, you know, for weeks just to get like the delivery of how they would say the jokes and like the cadence, the, the buildup, you know, I think there's a lot of the way that you could say a sentence like literally five different ways literally based yeah. on like how slow you say it. And that was really fascinating to me. That was really fascinating that like some of the, you know, I guess Mitch Hedgeberg is like the person, like everyone always points to like that. It was just delivery, pure delivery, like the way, you know, the, but there's a lot of comedians like that where maybe if I tried to say their jokes, I would be terrible at it, but because of who they are and their personality and the way that, that they say it, And so I realized like, it's really kind of this expression of you when you're performing comedy, you're, you're really performing like yourself, like your tics, your nuances, like the way you say things, it's just fully you, you're not cast in a role, which is why I did so terribly in the Burger King commercial. Cause I was like, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to act? But when I, when I'm able just to like fully kind of be myself, but like make fun of myself as well. I think like the self deprecating part of it. Um, it it's cool. because you're like playing the character of yourself. Yeah. No. And there's, two, there's, well, a, I loved your, your first comedy set because like on the one hand you were, you went to a place where it's like on like quote unquote common, which is like dating because like everyone dates, but it was so personal. It was so about your personal experience or not only with um, the whole digital nomad thing, but also like a, a foreigner dating Mexicans and the whole thing that it was like, it, it was, it was a common, it, it was very relatable, but at the same time, it, it was like, so very, very you. So that, that I loved. And the other thing is like, I love talking comedy with you because like a lot of people don't like to discuss like the nitty gritty of comedy. They just want to be like, it's jokes. It's fine. Like stop. No, there's so much to it. So, I mean, it's such an art and it's like a science. And I mean, you taught me so much of what I know. So stop, um, stop, um, no, continue. You know, stop. but I, it's, it's so good to like cross train as a writer. I do copywriting right now. I'm working on a novel, so I'm writing fiction and I'm just, you know, even writing comedy, you know, I was reading books at the time on like how to, how to write comedy. And I mean, even if you write like tweets, you know, like all of these things are like different forms of writing yeah. and it's like you kind of 
cross train and it's so good to dabble in different like you know air like in different writing formats yeah. and themes yeah, I did want to talk to you about the, the writing thing because I've been seeing on your Instagram that you always have like a pen in hand or you're always saying like writing, writing, writing. And I'm really, really jealous because like whenever I, I say I'm going to write and what I mean is I'm going to be watching YouTube for the next two hours. <laughs> so how has, how has the right like so, you, so you, you, you're a copywriter, you're working on, on a novel, you say? Yeah. That's, that's kind of been a surprise. I mean, everyone, I think everyone's like working on a book now. Like yes. if you say you're, you're like, everyone's writing a book, but um, I've never written fiction before. So this is kind of new. Um, I never thought I would either because I've been, I had been working on like a more of like a memoir, like kind of these short stories about like spiritual awakening. And I just like, there was just something I wasn't getting to. And I don't know, like the first two months of quarantine, honestly, like I was just like so emotionally exhausted um, and just trying to figure out what was going on. Like I was pretty addicted to the news and I just yeah. couldn't get like any distance away from like, like I wasn't feeling very creative and I was feeling, I was feeling really sad too because I really felt like comedy opened up a whole new world for me and I had just started in January I'd only had two shows like I was supposed to be like through this trip I, I was going to be traveling all of April May and June and I was going to be doing um, open mic nights in the states and I was already like signing up for them and um, you know like some some like smaller shows too I was looking at performing and and we had a show coming up that I was like working really hard for. So that yeah, was gonna be honestly like, like, which is going to be like your last show in Mexico before you went yeah. on this. Like, and I was like, man, I really want to get up there more. And I'm just like, I want to do this. I want to like go all in, like, not like I'm going to be a famous comedian, but I really thought this, like, I want to be a writer. And I was, as I learned about the career of so many comedians, I realized like they get, they they're do they're working on um like sitcoms and they write you know for television and film and i thought oh that would be so cool so for me it was never like i want to be like a famous comedian but maybe if you know i can get my work out there because what i loved about comedy is that you get like instant feedback you know like with writing a novel i feel like it's uh, it's like a very solitary act that i do for a very long time like a lot of hours go into it and then you know at some point I'm gonna have a finished product and then it's like here now it's ready for the world and it's just such a long process before people actually get to see or like experience your work if you write a book but comedy it's like you could get up every night and you could like you know you you could literally get feedback from one show and then like the next night you could you could try out new things and you could like, just, I thought that was so cool. Cause I was like, Oh, you don't, writing can be so like depressing sometimes because you have to wait <laughs> so long and then you have to like convince people to read like what you've written and like <laughs> comedy. It's, it's not like you have to convince people to come to the shows, but like normally, you know, it, it's not as hard of a set because it's like more of a social thing so like it doesn't require anybody to do work to like come sit and have a beer like it, it pretty much it doesn't like but reading it's like read my novel sit down like 
give me your undivided attention, like get off social media. It's a lot to ask people. So it's pretty, um, I, I feel like I just kind of grieved. Like I was like, okay, well that's not going to go the way I thought it was. And even exploring like online stuff, like you've been doing a great job of that. I just didn't have it in me. Like I was just processing so much and things that used to be funny didn't feel relevant. And I just like missed that. And I, even now, like I miss having that outlet, but what, um, and I didn't feel creative. So I started reading the artist's way, which I've done a few times. And it's just like, you do the morning pages, you do brain dump and you just journal. And I, I heard like Elizabeth Gilbert on Tim Ferriss podcast talking about like basically the whole way eat, pray, love came to be was because of the morning pages, like things were coming out of her that she started exploring. So I thought, okay, well that's, that's like, there's some, there's something there. Right. So I started doing it and really like, you're kind of like just excavating like stuff that's inside yeah. you. And I found that I started to get really nostalgic during the quarantine. I don't know about you, just places I had been before, like where I had grown up, like, I just, it's like, you, I'm like, whoa, I like can't access those places right now. Yeah. Just a lot of nostalgia was coming to me. And so I um, yeah, started I, writing. I mean, A, I think, I mean, the, the thing you say when you're mining and you're just come up, coming up with a lot of things, that's, that's another thing because like, I will, I will talk to comedians and they'll be like, you know, I'm like, I'm working on this now. And like later I'll start working on like my hour and my show, whatever. And you really do have to tell them like, you need to start mining the material because like most of the material you, you write isn't going to make it to your, I mean, it's going to make it to your first show because everything you write is going to make it to your first show. And then you're going to look back and hate it. But like when you actually have like a full hour, you're proud of, it's going to be because like you mined a whole bunch of material and then you like honed oh, yeah. it and you know made it but if you don't but, it, but if you don't put it you know like on a page or on the computer if you don't start bringing it out at no point are you ever going to be able to like start thinking okay i, I see like a, a connecting thread I, I can i can see this becoming something bigger um so like I, I i can see how this whole thing where like you know every day coming out with something new uh makes it so that a you start finding more interesting things because like at first you, you might like be like you know like this is good but whatever but then you then as you like keep, keep on mining you know you'll find more stuff yeah you don't know what's in there like you don't always know like you think you know oh, okay i'm just gonna think of this thing in this time and like you really don't so sometimes when i'm like working through a scene i just like i just like get out a page and i'm like everything i remember about this thing because most everything i'm writing is like really true I'm just fictionalizing it okay. and I and I and then I just like with no pressure that like I have to come up with like the most clever thing or this has to sound really good it's just like what do I remember like what are the details like what are the things like what can I just like shake loose and I the thing with the morning pages is you commit to three pages because normally you're going to sit down and write in a journal you kind of like write until you think you're done you're like mm, okay done but three pages like forces you to like keep going even if you don't know what to say so you just kind of start like it's just it becomes stream of conscious right yeah. and that's where some really good stuff is that you can discover about yourself and then just for me to like process like what do I want like what is this all about <laughs> like everything that's going on in the world it's just been like really intense so that was um that and I never ever considered writing um, but that's fiction, fantastic. Is this but, the first um, podcast you mentioned the novel in? 
Yeah, I think so. I think it's kind of like having like a baby, like, you know, like women, they don't want to like say it too early because yeah, you, know, no, you no. want to make sure it's going to be viable. But I and think I, I'm at like 20,000 words now. So I feel like, okay, I think this is real. And I have an editor. So yeah. I'm like, okay, I think this is a real thing. I don't know. Like, I don't have a plan for how it gets published yet. You know, I just, it, it's a tough, you know, industry. But I think it's like, you just create, like cr- creating something that means something to you, the going through the process of it is very transformative in itself. Yeah. And that is for me i think the most important thing like when you're when you're creating um if i say like i'm and and i think that's where i found a lot of like tension as an artist because before like long ago my first you know foray as an artist was in photography and you know I, I took a bunch of classes in it and I started a little photography business and I was a photojournalist for a while and I but like it was under like this pretense of I have to be a famous photographer yeah like I have to be you know Annie Lebowitz like I have to be that and I was much younger so when you're younger you know you get that real like star and you have this idea of like of, yes I'll just get yeah. like like I'll start taking photos like next month I'll be published in National Geographic oh yeah because <laughs> yeah. how hard could it be and then yeah. like like and then like six months from now I'm touring Europe with my new uh photo show yeah. <laughs> and I had I had friends that like that were going to art school and they were doing exhibits and they seemed like they were such a big deal and I was like comparing myself to them and anyway and honestly I just got to the point where I just really didn't enjoy it anymore because I like put that pressure on it yeah and so I thought you know with anything else I end up and like comedy too the same way it's like it wasn't I mean there was like the idea like hey I I actually enjoy this and I'm I think I'm pretty good at it and there was like that idea like "Mm, where could this go but never like oh I have to be like everyone has to know my name You know, that's kind of like when the ego starts to just like, yeah. you know, drive the car. And I mean, and I'm like, let's not do that. And I mean, it's great to have goals. Like, don't, don't, don't get me wrong. Like, if you're like, I want like a an hour special somewhere. You know, like Netflix somewhere. Oh you know? yeah, you that. It's great to have you're goals. So oh, thank you, thank you. But like, it's great to have goals. But I think if you, if it's, if the goal is more important to you than the, like, for example, it's great to want to, like, I want to have a published book. Well, that's amazing. But if, but if, like, if you're not thinking, okay, what's going to be inside this published book? Like, is it a store? Blah, blah. Then, you know, like, what are you, it's great that you have this goal, but what are you doing on a day-to-day basis in order to uh, make it happen? And this thing with the pages sounds amazing. I've been, I've been trying to write eight minutes a day. It's not... Eight no, minutes, yeah. Just eight minutes of like, just sit down. And pen and paper, which I find has been... Mm. I've been doing a lot more sketching too for my, like, uh, for stuff. Like I've been like drawing stuff and not really caring what kind of drawing comes out. Like it's not about like, this will be an art piece, but rather, you know, like just sketch it out and see what happens. Oh, you're good. You sketch it out to see what happens? Yeah. Like, you know, you have this idea for like, oh, for, okay. Yeah. For like whatever comedy things in your mind, you just kind of, you just kind of see like where it's going to go. Exactly. And kind of like just make, you know, stream. It is very stream of consciousness, consciousness. It's like your shitty first draft. Exactly. Basically. Basically. Which you should do. That's the Anne Lamont thing. Like that's what you do. 
in writing is like you just you like give yourself permission for it to be like shitty at first yeah. you're like this is probably just gonna be shitty and then from yeah. there you can find like the little gems and it's really hard sometimes to to admit this is your shitty first draft because like sometimes you're like no this is great this is fantastic like i just wrote it but it's fantastic this is this is tv ready and you're like no you need someone to tell you like no this is your shitty first draft work on it yeah yeah the thing I, I love talking to you when this whole thing started, uh, because like, for some reason we ended up having this, uh, we ended up have, having to see a lot of conspiracy. I mean, they're still there. I just read another one, but my yeah. God, conspiracy theories. But they Are like, you... I think they like broke loose all at once, you know, like yeah. some of the, some of the YouTube videos that were coming out and it was like all at once and it was really a lot <laughs> i like now they're just kind of trickling they're like oh there's like kids in wake here containers like, <laughs> but then it's like then everyone then like enough people are like yeah like probably not but I, I think in the beginning it was like that's like that like no one knew what was going on so it was like maybe it's this or like maybe it's that or like maybe we're like and i think people were more um sometimes just like like wanting things like it's more interesting if yes. it was actually if one of those series were true like actually it's like way more interesting than like sitting in your apartment for like yeah. the 40th day in a row eating like the same cereal for dinner yeah. like that's a way more interesting thing right it is although you've been cooking more i've noticed um on and off i go through phases <laughs> me too yeah me too. Yeah. I just take photos of the faces where I'm cooking. <laughs> the rest of the the rest of the world doesn't need to know about the other days where I'm just like, this is a instant ramen and like, what's this? Pancakes? Yeah, I'll eat that too. <laughs> yeah. I was I was like emotionally eating, so I was like make, like I put a lot into the food. You know, I was like everything was like everything revolved around the food for like a few months, but now um, I'm. I'm almost, I'm pretty much vegan now. I mean, this is just a phase. I'm not forever, cause, but I'm just trying to clean up my gut yeah. uh, and and I've like lost a little bit of weight. I lost my I told my friend I I've, I've lost my quarantine baby weight. <laughs> <laughs> I need to start getting on that. <laughs> yeah, because it's like it was like acceptable when we thought it was going to be like two or three months. Like now it's like no, this is our lives, so I should probably I, like tighten this up a little bit i do social media for a sports retail uh store so it's like sports you know athletics and whatever and like what they started doing from quarantine is like every day they have a different class so it's like boxing or yoga or whatever and and so like i can't pretend people aren't doing exercise because like every day we have like a thousand people from all over mexico just like doing exercise with our trainers and i'm like no yeah. don't do it i'm convincing myself that no one's doing exercise stop don't don't show me I'm wrong. <laughs> um, and I, oh, and you got a cat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a cat. Is it a so. is it a boy cat? Is it a girl cat? Yeah. Well, he's non-binary. Oh, good. <laughs> he's woke so. like that. Yeah. Actually, I'm pronouns. letting him. I'm letting him decide. I'm just saying non-binary. <laughs> I don't actually know how he identifies because I, I he can't tell me. So I don't. But I don't want to. I don't want to you know, identify him yeah. as a or him. Or place unwanted expectations. I just don't know. I don't know. But I do mean that. Like, this, I'm, I really honor the people, like, people, how they, their pronouns. I, I take it seriously. And I thought about that a lot. I was like, oh, that's interesting, like, with pets. Because yeah. we decide 
based on, you know. And there's people that take it super far. Like I remember uh, one time uh, they posted a photo of a, of a dog and he had just come from like the hairdresser or whatever. So they put like little bows on his ears. <laughs> and so he's like, oh my God, like our good boy, blah, 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 came back from the hairdresser and they told her like he was super well behaved and whatever. And the, one of the comments was a woman going like, I'm sure that he, with like capital letters, <laughs> he doesn't appreciate the bows on his ears and it's like he doesn't care he doesn't give a shit yeah he's just glad the bath is over i've had like female cats i've had male cats and like for the most part like after they get fixed like their personalities are like really the same so i don't i mean i've never you know I've done a lot of, I, I think a lot of things is it was things we put on them. Like, you know, like right. I imagine my cat to be this kind of character. So no matter what they do, I like filter it through the lens. Yeah, but man, so the pets are like, the pets are holding on the fort in quarantine. Like, yes. I don't know what we would be doing. They're just like, we're, we're cool. Like, this is great for us. And that's like a good reminder to have around you, like another living being that's not freaking out. Yes. <laughs> Even if it can't talk, you're like, okay. Like, they're just like, hey, life's cool. Life, everything's good. And you're like, okay, okay, life's, it's going to be okay. So I think that, you know, for me, my cat's like a, an emotional support cat more than anything. Me too. Me too. I mean, mine is just somewhere over there. There we go. Ah. Yeah. They're just like a ball of, like, of comfort. That's what they yeah. are. They're like little teddy bears yeah yeah that's cool so yeah but I, I think you know I, I think everyone just has to kind of like honor like I mean I think the rest of the year is really just going to be kind of a roller coaster and um there's a lot of ups and downs with it and I think not like trying to force yourself to be like funny or creative like it's fine but like it but like also recognizing that it it can be if you're not like so focused on the outcome like your creativity right now can be a space that you kind of like retreat into and get lost into right so when i sit down to write my novel i'm not thinking about everything that's going on in the world i mean i specifically chose to write about a topic like that has nothing to do with like pandemic or it's not i mean it's not sci-fi like some people can really get into that but mine's like very much away it's like kind of I will tell you it, that. It, it, but it all relates, right? Like it, it relates because this is about, this is like a coming of age story. And a lot of the things that like I cared a lot about in my 20s and like really wanted to make a difference and wanted to like beat the system and like the things that I like saw that like I wasn't okay with and went through that real like rebellious time. And then like you get student loans and you get jobs and like you have to, like you just come become an adult and like now I feel like a lot of these things from like in the past was like, oh, like I was right. Like, you know, like we were right. Like the <laughs> yeah. things that were like really screwed up. We were like, hey, like this stuff is really screwed up. Like we don't want to be in the system. And then like the world was like, well, you kind of have to be in the system because you have no yeah. other option. And then it was like, okay, well, I don't really want to do it. And so now the- I'm like it's all kind of coming apart and I'm like, Oh, so I'm, I'm kind of going back to that time. So it's like connected to this, but it's, it's just like really to me, like it's a great way to process um, and get in like reconnect to 
who I, who I am and, and what yeah. I've always cared about. I love that idea. No, I, lo I love that idea of like creativity, not having a pressure of like you're in confinement. So now you are, you know, required to be like writing the next American novel, the next great American novel, but rather you can use creativity as a shelter space for, you know, like kind of like letting the world be out there and letting your inner yeah. world just, you know, focus on something else, which, which I like a lot because like, I hate that. Like right now there's a lot of like online comedy and whatever. And a lot of people are writing like jokes about quarantine and a whole lot, but I feel like they always end up in the same places, you know, like, Oh, the Facebook, whatever. And I think the people that are, some people tell you like, you should be writing about like the, like before quarantine because like people, like things are changing, whatever. And like, and yeah, they're changing, but like, you can still talk about like whatever restaurants and people will understand it. Like they're not going to start like bawling because like I haven't gone to a restaurant in weeks. <laughs> no, so um, no. I mean, we're everything we're watching on Netflix is like it's like oh, that's the old world. Exactly. Like, oh, I like I, I, but it's it's not like it's lost forever. What's your? What do you think? Like, what's the best comedy you've seen in quarantine that was created in quarantine? The best comedy I've seen in quarantine, which is which was created in quarantine. Hmm. That's a good question. Mm, I suppose I haven't really seen newer comedy. Like I've seen, like I've, I've been seeing a lot of like I've been catching up on stuff, basically. Okay. Um. So I wouldn't. I really don't don't have anything in my mind. I've seen some great tweets, you know. Um. But like, oh, um. There's been some in like guest hosts with Jim Kimmel. Namely, oh, yeah, Billy Eichner. I want to and check it, it out. Yeah. Uh, namely, the 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 monologue for Billy Eichner and Eliza Schlesinger. Schlesinger okay. Her, those yeah. two. Eliza did like, a great bit on cancel culture, like a great great bit on cancel. Oh, culture. cool! I love her. Watch. Yeah, I saw they were on there, so I'll have to check them out. That's good. Before I've we go, liked, I've, oh, I'm sorry. sorry. I like. I've just really liked. I mean, I, I feel like Trevor Noah is just like, oh, he's killing man. it. You know, when he first came on The Daily Show, I was like, oh, God, we're never going to be able to have like what we had with Jon Stewart. And it took me like a while to kind of warm up to him. But I'm like, holy shit. Like, he's just, to me, like, just owned it. Like, with the, with like, it's funny, but like, it's the shit we, like, we need to hear. Like, I'm literally like, please make sense of this for me, you know, right now. And yeah. I'm just like, I, I feel like he's just doing like amazing stuff. So. Totally. No, I think he, he, he's, he's done some great, great. And, and I, and I get that, you know, like you it is changed and it's like, it's never going to be John Stewart and it's fine because he is never going to be John Stewart, you know, but like, it does take a while to like, get accustomed to the new, to the, to the new, to Trevor Noah being, being there. So before we go, I did want to talk about like, you have your own podcast, which yeah. is who you know. Yeah. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. I mean, I, I started it like th two or three years ago and I, I've always kind of wrestled with like, does this need to have more of a succinct theme, but it's really just like people I actually know that I think are interesting and just like having real conversations with them. Um, 
most of the people in my network are kind of like high performing like thought leaders and artists and and just you know people who have like a different approach to life and work um and have kind of been like trailblazers in their own regard i gotta get you on there um so yeah i, I like to just kind of pick their brains and like have like those juicy real conversations i, I love podcasts because like it feels like like I'm one of those people, if I'm in a coffee shop, I just like want to listen to everyone's conversation around me. And it just, podcasts feel like that. Like you can just drop in to other people's, like you can just be on a fly, a fly on the wall. And I, and like, I really think it's a great medium. So it is. I totally am. Yeah. So that's the, that's the podcast. I think I'm going to start talking more about writing and talking to like authors and, you know, because that's the, it's usually always like the thing that interests me the most is what I talk about. So. I mean, that's good. That's the same with this yeah. podcast, literally. Like, just kind of like ebbs and uh, flows. I mean, yeah. No, so like, again, same. Like for this podcast, it's like, I have some pretty interesting friends and they're funny and they're cool. Like I can, I can yeah. have them on a podcast. And it's also a great excuse to talk to you guys. <laughs> I know. It's like, it's, it's good. It's a good, cause like, when do you talk to people anymore? Um, except all the time on, and, you know, and you're, you're like, Hey, let's talk. And they're like, yeah, sure. And you know, like, it's like, you know, it takes forever to actually like, uh, you know, like set a time and date. I know I'm extroverted, but I get like really burned out on the zoom on the screen. Me too. Like I, I, I realize like, I don't, I, at first I was like, let's do all the happy hours. And I was like connecting with people and, and texting. And I'm like, now I just really hit my limit for messages every day. Yeah. Oh, totally. that's a new thing. I'm becoming an introvert. Oh, this is happening to me. I used to be such an extrovert. <laughs> it's not that bad. Like now I'm like, I'm like, oh, now, now I understand the introverts. Like I think <laughs> once, like we're all living in their worlds now. And I'm like, oh, like. I yeah. understand why I've been, you think you're better than us. <laughs> I've been trying to write this new, I, I've been, I've been like sketching this new bit, which is like, um, you know, like at, at first I hated the idea of like, you should find something like positive about quarantine, but it's like, you know, like there's nothing positive, you know, there's a pandemic going on. There's people dying out there, Kim. Yeah. Uh, but then like I realized, and then I realized it's like, you know, if there's one thing that makes me happy is when, you don't have to go somewhere because that somewhere has, you know, to an event because it has been canceled. So in a way I'm super happy because everything that, has been that canceled. That makes you happy? Yeah. <laughs> because I get so stressed about going to events that it, like sometimes when they, they get canceled, the one exception is stand-up comedy shows. I love, stand, I love doing stand-up, but like, you know, there's like yeah. whatever. And I'm like, and it's got canceled. I'm like, oh no. And then I'm like, yes. And now it's like, everything's canceled. Yes. Anywho. Um, yeah, I'm like I, I never have to go to a networking event again. Wow. So, well, what's your? <laughs> well, I have one more question for you. What um, like, what do you think of the like state of comedy right now and where it goes in the future? I mean, I feel like I've seen some creative stuff and I'm hopeful. I don't really, I'm I, like I don't I have not found my footing in it. Like you know, I just haven't I haven't found that. But for you, I know you're doing a lot of like online stuff. I am doing some online stuff. I haven't been doing a lot of live stuff and I've been doing more improv than stand-up. Um, I just feel so sad doing stand-up <laughs> by myself in my house. Like it's, it's me with a camera. It's like, 
there's a great comedian that that says that said it in like if yeah comedy is an addiction and like this type of comedy like zoom comedy is basically a nicotine patch like <laughs> and and it's you know it's kind of like that so i haven't put my footing in it on it so on the one hand it is really tough because you know a lot of a lot of people who who made the living of like doing shows they're having a, a hard time and everything but on the other hand i've realized that we are like the first I'm going to use is cross pollinating a lot more because it's way easier to have like comedians from far away on right. your online shows. So like before, if you want like, like I've gone to like a, a couple of uh, shows in like, you know, American venues and, you know, I don't have to go. I'm just here, you know, it's like, hi, you know, it's me. And, yeah. and then, and then like, I've seen a lot of shows where they have, like they have comedians from Colombia, from Venezuela, from blah, blah. Oh, cool. So, so on the one hand, I feel that there, there, we are getting a a mix of comedy that we wouldn't usually have because we like you go to a show, you get the, the comedians from that city and like the the big headliner from out of town, like that's it. Uh, so on the one hand, I I think I am pretty, you know, I'm pretty hopeful in that people who are talented are gonna find a way to show off their talent one way or another. I mean, my great Biglia has has his podcast. Um, yeah. So. I, on the one hand, that's sad, but on the other hand, I really miss like a stage and people and just like, Hey, what's yeah. up? Yeah. It's a, it's a pretty incredible feeling and performing with like a group of people is like, I think will be one of the like highest experiences of my life. And because like, you're doing this thing that's really scary, but then like other people are doing it too. And you have this like, respect for each other and this like level of encouragement for each other that the people in the audience or like your friends like can't really give you you know what I mean because like they don't it's like oh you know what that what that's like and you know I think people who are willing to get up there totally bomb like you know just put themselves out there like that like that's a cool group of people and I I feel like we were just starting to really get momentum in Mexico we were. City. Like we were, we I'm were, so, so and I and I really, you know, I believe in the Renaissance. Like I believe it's gonna all come back. Um, but that was those two shows were like just, you know, one of the like I I know I always remember those. Like, and I have shows. to admit, we lucked out because like it's not often that we get a group of like I've been to a lot of shows with the comedians like each one of them is their their own shit like they'll they'll come in do their set yeah. basically leave right afterwards, uh, and we really lucked out with inappropriate laughter like we were really like yeah. we were really getting like a really good comedy troupe going. Yeah. And it'll come back it'll come back it'll come back it'll we come might back. be like 40 at the time when it comes back and you know but we're gonna do it we're gonna have exactly. a reunion show i will be there I'll we be will there we will so lacy where can people follow you uh on instagram it's the lacy elizabeth it's l-a-c-e-y elizabeth you should know how to spell that and uh you can find my podcast who you know and it's on itunes and um i mean those are the best places my website's laceyelizabeth.com if you want to like go there um but yeah awesome connect share like sh people sharing funny things or like like my podcast and like funny youtube videos not conspiracy 
videos, no. but funny like videos. No. That's my love language. So if you send me any of those, it'll be making me very happy. <laughs> I will send. I will send you one or two. Awesome. Okay. Thanks well, so much for having me on. Thank you for being here. Right. I'll see you. I hopefully will see you live soon. Yes. Bye. Bye. So that was Lacey. Uh, listen to her podcast, Who You Know. The links for that will be on the show notes. And uh, remember, we are on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Anchor, and YouTube. If there's anywhere you want me to try to get my podcast on, just tell me. Usually, I just need to, like, put my RSS somewhere, and then that happens. I uh, hope you enjoyed the interview. I will try to have another one of these in two weeks' time, and I haven't released another This Podcast Will Save the World in Spanish, but hopefully I will do that next week. Uh, remember, you can support this show on Patreon and Coffee. Uh, the links for all that are in my webpage, martinleonstandup.com. And I think that is it. Uh, or remember, I also had to have a podcast with my friend James Mendez called La Semanal, which you can follow on YouTube or you can follow us on Instagram at La Period Semanal or on Twitter and Facebook, La Semanal Show. Uh, we talk about like news from the week, so that sometimes gets funny. And, well, for everything else, you know the other ones. Uh, there's Fantastic, my fanfic podcast in Spanish. Another friend wanted me to start another podcast, and I'm like, I don't know, I already have so many. And I'm not really updating them as it is. But anyway, if that happens, I'll let you know. Have a fantastic week, and... Uh,